Welcome back to another episode of Jake's Takes. My name is Jake. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. Where in this week's episode, we are going to be looking at the NBA standings post trade deadline, looking at how teams are doing in the NBA East and West, and how maybe some of the moves that they made could make them for a better team uh, moving forward, and who is you know doing the best and who is um, struggling this season. So let's get started. As um, it always goes, we're going to start with the Eastern Conference and look at who is in uh, the driver's seat in the Eastern Conference. The team at the top, Miami Heat. Miami Heat are the best team in the Eastern Conference. They are the best of the best. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson. Miami is a good team. I don't think Miami is a championship team. I think Miami is one of those teams that kind of reminds me of like a, you know, Denver Nuggets when they were the number one seed, or like Utah Jazz when they were the number one seed. I don't know if that's a team that can win a championship, even though they have a very good regular season. And so to me, Miami is just a great team having a great season, but they don't have what I think it takes to be a championship, you know, contender. And I love how, you know, you take a team like Miami, who was in my book like a 6-7 seed, make one uh, change, which was bringing Kyle Lowry, and you go from being average to better than average. Even like Phoenix was like average, and then they brought in Chris Paul. So bringing in someone and making that move always upgrades your team and helps your team out far more than I've ever seen. And so this is a team that's been great and they've had a great season. Next up is the Chicago Bulls. Now the one knock on Miami as well as Chicago is their power forward position because Patrick Williams in Chicago has been injured off and on and they didn't really upgrade at the deadline nor did Miami. Chicago is the number two seed. They have obviously, you know, Alonzo Ball and Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic and they have great players. Do they have depth on their lineup in terms of sort of a bench that can kind of handle um, the games? Not exactly, but they do have a great team. They got, you know, probably one of the best Eastern Conference starting fives uh, that I've seen. And they have all-stars and former all-stars. And their team is just built for success. And Chicago hasn't seen anything like this since Jordan. And I don't know if they will see this again um, but they have the makings of a championship team and they are very very good and it's been an insane sort of change for Chicago from being what was at the bottom going after the seventh pick Wendell Carter Jr. now being the number two seed in the Eastern Conference going from top to bottom insane. Number three seed is the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Cleveland Cavaliers have been on a roller coaster ride of emotions starting from their days of being at the bottom where they get the number one overall pick which was Kyrie Irving and they have these guys coming in that are kind of like the Andrew Wiggins and they have the um, uh, Anthony Bennett and they basically just got so many you know picks and players and traded that for LeBron. LeBron comes up um, Kevin Love is traded for Andrew Wiggins um, and you have sort of this rise in Cleveland where they win a championship and then you know, LeBron leaves and they go back down, and now it seems like they've come back just uh, enough. They are a three seed. They are a team that could easily get to the number one seed, 
and a few good wins and a few losses at the top could change this the scenery of this team and change the scenery of the NBA East and Cleveland's doing it. I mean, I gotta say, Evan Mobley's rookie of the year material, and I think he's the best rookie in the NBA. And you know, having him with Jared Allen, who is very good in his own right, you have Kevin Love, who seems to have picked up his uh, play as of recently. In this season, he seems more into it than he has in uh, previous uh, attempts in previous seasons. Um, and he's, you know, playing better, and I think their team's playing better, and Darius Garland's great, and just everything about Cleveland is success right now, and they're doing pretty good, and I think they have pieces to, to make things work, and bringing in Karius LeVert always helps, um, and that's a great situation. Milwaukee Bucks are up next, and Milwaukee's a good team who I don't know if they can win a championship again. Um, just the landscape of the Eastern Conference has changed so much that they are as you know good a team as any, but I don't know if it's going to be a repeat because most of um, the repeats uh, they don't really happen that often. Uh, Michael Jordan's in a whole different you know breed in his own, and you know I don't think Milwaukee has the you know Splash Brothers, Stephs, and uh, Clay Thompson, Draymond situation. Um, I think they got a great team, but I can't see them repeating but they have a team that can make it to the eastern Conference finals and i could even see them making it to the nba finals at some point but they are a great team and have great pieces and to see how they've played it's great now the surprise of the deadline is the philadelphia 76ers getting james harden for ben simmons and i think philadelphia has elevated themselves from a middle of the pack team to a top tier team and Philadelphia to me is a team that hasn't had a lot of playoff success in recent years and it's been a bunch of different teams Toronto Boston etc taking them out of sort of contention but now it seems like with James Harden things could be different and as much as I want to say that they are going to be you know one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference um, they still got a lot of work to do because this is a you know, Eastern Conference that has so much going on, and they also have to try and navigate the, the waters with James Harden and Joel Embiid in this new situation. As much as, you know, James Harden's probably going to be happy to be here, I just don't know exactly if we're going to end up seeing um, this group work out, you know, 100%. You also lost uh, Seth Curry, which he was a big part of your team as well. They did keep Thibold and Maxi, although... Um, I think they probably would have, or should have, rather kept uh, Seth Curry over Maxi or Seth Curry over um, Thibold, but they had different priorities, and for Philadelphia, they are a good team, and they have a lot of talent, and they could they could go far, and I think that's good to, to see for the NBA, and I think it's good for Eastern Conference. Next up is the six-seed Boston Celtics, who are on an eight-game win streak. And the Boston Celtics are one team that I could see just with this new group, Derek White in there, Daniel Tice, going all the way. And they're a dark horse in the Eastern Conference, at least in my book. And I think, you know, their team has melded a little bit better in the most recent uh, games. And, you know, adding in Derek White, he seems to have smoothly fit into their group. They can kind of fill in some of these buyout market guys and kind of add a few, you know, players to their roster using the last three open roster spots. And they can kind of go in that direction and, you know, go from from there. And 
I personally expect big things out of the Celtics, and obviously being the sixth seed, you don't expect them to go too far, but they made some moves. They've, you know, elevated themselves in my book, and Boston, they're uh, looking uh, pretty good playoffs come around. Next is our seventh seed, Toronto, and Toronto is just fighting to stay alive. Um, they are a team that could get as high as five. They could get as low as ten. I think, you know, you get to a point... At this stage of the game, where you have Toronto, Boston, Brooklyn, you have Charlotte, you know, they're all kind of squished and bunched together a little bit. And there's some sort of separation between um, Charlotte um, and, uh, you know, Brooklyn compared to uh, the Raptors and the Celtics, who are, uh, you know, a half game difference in Brooklyn and Charlotte or a game difference, and then there's two and a half games between Brooklyn and Toronto. But Toronto's a team that I think just needs another year, and I think they need another year with this group, maybe try to figure out what's working and what isn't, and kind of fix their issues, and they could be much better. Brooklyn, same thing. I think, you know, now with Ben Simmons in here, you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie. I think they're going to be a great team next year, but this year it's not going to work out. And the sad part is they played 16 total games with Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden all on the court, which is something to say because they brought in James Harden to make a big three. He didn't work out. I think Ben Simmons is going to be a better player than James Harden because you have Kyrie who needs the ball in his hands, you have Durant who wants the ball in his hands, and you have James Harden who wanted the ball in his hands. Now, take that and you have Ben Simmons who doesn't need the ball in his hands. He can do the defensive stuff. He can floor space facilitate a little bit, do all sorts of stuff that James Harden really wasn't going to give you. And yes, James Harden was a top 25 player, but I think Ben Simmons fits better for this Brooklyn team. Also seeing you have Patty Mills, Joe Harris, and Seth Curry, all of which are great shooters, which makes up for some of the loss that Durant um, and Kyrie and James Harden could do together. Now you don't have uh, James Harden in there, you just have Kyrie and Durant. So those other guys will kind of pick up some of the slack. So, Brooklyn, I don't think it's their year, um, but, you know, I think they'll make the playoffs potentially, for sure. Charlotte Hornets are, I think, at the 9 seed, and the Atlanta Hawks are at the 10 seed, and I think those are two play-in teams, and I don't see either one of them stepping out. They're not going to make it. It's going to be Brooklyn and Toronto, who are going to be your 7 and your 8, or Boston and Toronto, or Boston and Brooklyn, something along those lines. I don't think Charlotte has it, nor do I think Atlanta has it, but they'll be playing teams. I think Charlotte adding Montrezl Harrell helps. I think that's going to maybe push them a little further, but not by much. I think Atlanta didn't do anything which they should have. These are two teams that I think just have to kind of figure out their situation a little bit better, and then if they can do that, then it's um, a better situation for them, and they could do much better in the East. Washington Wizards are at the 11th seed. Washington is the question mark for question marks because they did add in Porzingis, but they have not given anybody any sort of uh, assurances that they can be a successful team in the future. And that's kind of where Bradley Beal is going to have to look at his situation come his next contract and say, this is a team that's never going to get to the playoffs and be dominant. Am I going to want to stick around? Washington will keep Bradley Beal as long as they want, but they're wasting his talent, and if he's smart, he would leave before it's too late. Because once he signs this new contract, you know, it's a difficult situation to maneuver. But 
Um, he's got the options, and maybe he does sign a contract and kind of goes to Washington's like, I just got paid, trade me. Could happen. It could be a situation where he's like, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, yeah, I'm leaving. And then, you know, Washington can make the choice if they want to trade him or see what will happen. So I think Washington's in a tough spot because they haven't given Bradley Beal any sort of assurances that they could be a team with a successful future. If you look down the line five years from now, I wouldn't be surprised if Washington is just where they are right now, if not around that higher or lower, maybe. But not good enough where I can say, yeah, five years from now, they're going to be a championship caliber team. So Bradley Beal could go somewhere else. There are suitors, and we'll see. New York Knicks have just been the New York Knicks. They're not great. Haven't had a ton of success over the last few years. Last year, they were a playoff team. Unfortunately, that was uh, a fluke season, in my opinion, because if they were good, they would have still been a good playoff team, and they are not. Yes, the East got a little bit better, but at the same time, if you're good enough, you should be in the playoffs again. Doesn't look like they'll get there. Then we have the Indiana Pacers, who made the move of moves, bringing in Tyrese Halliburton. If you know anything about basketball, you know, sometimes trades will happen, and they're surprising, just like this one. And so, while many people thought Sabonis would get traded, nobody thought it would be for that package. And getting Tyrese Halliburton is a home run, and he is a great player. And the Pacers are setting themselves up to be a rebuilding team with success few guys will get traded on the offseason, maybe uh, Brogdon, you know, maybe, you know, some of these other role players, but they're kind of not going to compete, and they're just going to fight for a top seed in the draft and just move on from, you know, being contender. And going from Lance Stevenson, Paul George, Roy Hibbert, to now this group, totally different situation. You're not in the playoffs anymore. Unfortunately, the Pacers aren't as good as they once were, but they're going to rebuild and hopefully, with Rick Carlisle, be a little bit better in the future. Orlando and Detroit are still where they are. I don't think they're ever going to be a playoff team this season or anything close to that. They've flip-flopped Orlando and Detroit being the worst team in the NBA and the second worst team in the NBA. They've flip-flopped, at least in the Eastern Conference, on who's been at the bottom. Uh, those teams are rebuilding teams, and that's especially um, true right now with the way that the Eastern Conference is. They're nowhere near a championship team. I'm surprised Jeremy Grant didn't get traded. Um, I don't know why Detroit didn't consider moving him, or if they did, they didn't pull the trigger. So he is out the door. Next up is the Phoenix Suns. We're going to go to the Western Conference. They are the best team in basketball uh, in the Western Conference, and they actually have the best record in all of basketball. So that is uh, something to be uh, proud of. Uh, they are just killing it this season. Chris Paul's been great. They have great players all around. Bridges, Cam Johnson, they have uh, Jay Crowder. Their story, just how they came from the bottom all the way up, it's a pretty good story, right? You start out with uh, Steve Nash and Mari Stoudemire and Sean Marion and Shaquille O'Neal, and they were a top team in the West. Then you just kind of lose your, your touch, players leave, new situations come up, and... Go to the bottom of the Western Conference. They get DeAndre Ayton. They get Devin Booker. They are back and ready to go. Chris Paul comes in, and it works, and they're great. I could see Chris Paul staying in Phoenix until his career is over. Just saying. He's very, very good in Phoenix. Number two seed, Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors are still trying to navigate life 
with Clay Thompson back. I don't know if Clay Thompson will ever be the same Clay Thompson that was winning championships. But the Warriors have a you know number two seed. They have an all-star in Steph Curry, an all-star in Andrew Wiggins. They're looking much better. Their team's looking much better. And I like where they're going. I don't see any sort of movement between the top two teams and even the top three teams, which that is Phoenix, Golden State, and Memphis. Memphis Grizzlies are the three seed. They are a very good three seed. They've had a lot of success. Ja Morant is a star, and their team has great shooters and scorers, and Jaron Jackson Jr. and Steven Adams has been a great pairing. Just a one-two, you know, power forward center combination that works. And I honestly think that they are going to be a force in the playoffs. I think they're great right now. They'll be even better come playoff time for sure. If everyone's healthy, I can expect big things out of Memphis. The Utah Jazz are the four seed, and I think Utah is going to be sticking at the four seed. Could they make the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, I think they could. They got some issues, but a lot of teams have issues, and I think Utah is about as good of a team as any in the uh, Western Conference. I'm going to be honest in saying that the top four teams, Phoenix, Golden State, Memphis, and Utah, are the only four teams in the Western Conference that could make an NBA Finals appearance. There are no teams underneath, in my opinion, that can get there, and that's just my own thought process. And I don't know about the Eastern Conference, but the Western Conference, I'm 100% certain that whoever comes out of the Western Conference is Utah, Memphis, Golden State, or Phoenix. Five seed is the Dallas Mavericks, who traded away Porzingis for Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Davis Bertantans. That was a terrible trade, just like the chances of the Dallas Mavericks making. The NBA Finals are pretty terrible. They have a decent squad, and I mean, they'll be a good team uh, in the regular season, but I could see them losing in the first round of the playoffs easily, and that would not be... Um, an understatement. I think they could lose without question in the first round of the playoffs because they don't have what a playoff team really looks for. I mean, they don't have what a lottery team looks for because they're better than that, but they're just not a playoff team that can win more than maybe like a game or two, in my opinion. Denver Nuggets are up next. They are the sixth seed. Denver Nuggets are going to be that team that kind of fights... Uh, to kind of get into the playoffs and kind of secure a spot rather than being a play-in team. I think that the play-in situation is going to be very difficult to deal with, but um, I think if they keep doing what they're doing, then they could be the sixth seed and kind of skid past the playing game entirely, which would be very good to see. Now, looking at the seventh seed, which is the Minnesota Timberwolves, they look like a surefire seven or eight seed, and it looks like if they can actually win, then they can make it to the playoffs. I think they're going to be the seventh seed going into it. They have, you know, a great group of guys. They didn't do too much on deadline day, which is something that was very surprising because there was rumors of Celtics, Marcus Smart, and others, Ben Simmons, etc. They didn't do anything, but maybe that's not the, the worst thing in the world, in my opinion. Moving on to the Los Angeles Clippers, who added Norm Powell, Robert Covington, some other role players, got rid of Sergi Baca. Do they have uh, the best team in the Western Conference? No, but they have a decent team, and I think they could probably get to the playoffs, and they'd be a playing team. And I think, you know, they are uh, sort of fighting for their life type team when it comes to the playoffs. But, you know, if Norm Powell can come back healthy, he's hurt right now. If, you know, 
Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can get good enough and ready for the playoffs, then could be a good situation. Maybe they get in. Um, it's going to be tough for sure. The nine seed is the Los Angeles Lakers, and I'm going to be honest with you. They don't look like a playoff team the way they've been going. They have uh, lost three straight. They are 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games. The only way I can see the Lakers making the playoffs is if some other outside force makes its way into the NBA and kind of gives the Lakers a push. If the NBA wants the Lakers in the playoffs, then that's one thing. But if everything is on an even playing field, there's no way the Lakers make the playoffs at all. And I'd be honestly surprised if they get there. Because Russell Westbrook looks like a failure of a, a draft uh, trade because um, he was traded uh, on draft night. And, you know, they gave up Kuzma and Montrezl Harrell and KCP, who could have been better players. And they missed on the opportunity to get Buddy Heald, who would have been a better player for them as well. Lakers don't look as good as they should. And it'll be a tough road for them, for sure. It's going to be very difficult to get to a point where you can say, yeah, they're a legitimate playoff team, because I don't think they are. Ten seeds, Portland Trailblazers, and Portland kind of mirrors the Wizards in a little bit of a way, because they have a superstar that probably isn't going to stick around long-term the way things are going. Bradley Beal is not sticking around in Washington, and Damian Lillard is not sticking around in Portland. Yes, Portland has said they're going to keep you know Damian Lillard as the centerpiece, and he's going to be the guy they build the team around. But at the end of the day, that's not going to happen, right? He's not going to want to stick around for some sort of rebuild. He's not going to stick around for some sort of let's go out there and, you know, retool. Let's see what you want. They already picked a head coach he doesn't like. And it's going to be hard to go to Damian Lillard and say, look, this is our team. Uh, yeah, they have cap space, but is it really something Damian Lillard wants to deal with? Probably not. So at the end of the day, he's probably going to get moved because he's just going to say, I can't stand it. I want to leave. So... Portland's probably going to, you know, lose um, a step, and that's uh, where they're at. Next is the 11th seed New Orleans Pelicans, who picked off Portland and grabbed C.J. McCollum, and C.J. McCollum is the newest New Orleans Pelicans player, and most likely is going to get them from an 11 seed to a 10 seed and probably get them to a playing game. So New Orleans, I think, is a team that's building for the present, and they have great pieces, they got draft picks, they're a team that I would watch out for in the future, they're not going to be a playoff team this year, but they have a lot of pieces to move forward and be a better team overall, San Antonio Spurs are still where they are, I don't expect them to make any big leaps and bounds forward, they'll be a 12-13 seed for the next year or two, maybe they get some good draft picks and make some good trades and then they can move up, but they're an average team at best. Uh, they're going to be one of the lowest teams in the West. Then we have Sacramento, who I think this season is not going to be great, but a full season with uh, Jaron Fox and Sabonis changes things completely. Um, I think that maybe next year they can be better, but this season they're going to be around this uh, 10, 11, 12, 13 range, probably closer to 12, 13 range, if I'm being honest. And then we have the two teams at the bottom. We have OKC and we have the Houston Rockets, who are like the Pistons in Orlando, fighting at the bottom, flip-flopping from the, the worst team in the West, second worst team in the West. They'll be flip-flopping, similar to Detroit and Orlando, flip-flopping for that worst uh, seed. They have OKC with a five-game losing streak, Three of their last seven wins, uh, three of their last games are wins. And then Houston, who has a four-game losing streak, they've only won two of their last uh, 
10 games, eight losses in that, you know, situation. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously both situations are tough. Um, I think Houston and OKC have a ton of draft picks. OKC didn't do too much on the deadline. Houston traded uh, away Daniel Tice. But, yeah, these are teams that are rebuilding, and that's where they're going to be, and that's all that can that's all I can really say on them because they're not, you know, going to be championship caliber rosters at any time soon. So rebuilding is all they need to worry about and top picks are always good. So we'll see where they go from here and we'll see how the Western Conference looks. Um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I don't know who's going to come out on top in the East and who's going to come out on top in the West. I'm kind of intrigued to see how the rest of the season goes because to me there's so much more that, you know, the NBA is going to show us and I think... You know, things can change after the All-Star break, and I think, you know, teams will be fighting for the playoffs and pushing hard, and, you know, there's a lot of great teams out there. Don't be surprised if, you know, there are some sleepers that kind of um, kind of make their way up uh, the ladder and, you know, somehow can really get it done. And if that's the case, then great. If it's not, then I guess we'll see what happens, right? So... Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be our situation right now, and um, you know we'll kind of uh, watch the standings and see how they go, and you know if it goes well, uh, it goes well, and we'll see who's on top, and we'll see how things go.